Welcome to the Southside Sermons Podcast. I am Christopher Campbell, pastor of Southside Baptist Church, located in Decatur, Alabama. This message you're about to hear is from God's Word and is offered to you with this prayer that God would give you eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to obey His Word. May your faith be strengthened in Jesus, and may you grow in your knowledge of Him. And all of God's people said, Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Christopher. I am excited and delighted to be invited here to Southside Indicator uh, today and spend this very special morning uh, with you. I have spent uh, many mornings in Decatur way back years ago when I was pastor at Central Baptist from 1978 to 1986, and so I'm familiar with Southside. During those years, Brother Joe Ray uh, was pastor at Southside, and so he and I were uh, colleagues in ministry uh, together, and those were wonderful years, and it's great to be back, and thank you. Pastor Christopher, as we were talking about my coming, I realized I had some long-term connections with Pastor because of Marianne, his his wife. Uh, Marianne's uh, parents were members of uh, Central Baptist during the time that I was there. Uh, her aunt and uncle were members there, and so we have uh, lots of uh, connections, and I'm thankful for that and good to renew uh, fellowship with them again uh, today. So uh, Pastor Christopher and Marianne and Addison and Caden and church family, it is great to be with you. We are delighted uh, to be here and glad that some of our family could get together for this occasion, have lunch, a little bit of a delayed Thanksgiving time this afternoon and uh, we're looking forward to that. Of course, have a connection now. Not only was Carol our daughter when we were here in Decatur, uh, but now she uh, has been married for the last number of years to uh, Chris here. And so Chris Stanford and that uh, Don and Carolyn, his parents, and Patrick, his brother, and so forth, we're uh, connected with them and, and thankful to have uh, fellowship with them uh, today. So Hope Sunday. You know, as, as we approach uh, Christmas of, of 2020, one of the most difficult years for most of the world, that most of the world has ever seen 2020. And at such a time, I, I like a post that was posted by our granddaughter in Indonesia. It was a picture of a hay-filled manger, and the caption above it said, Hope has a name. And I'm here to tell you this morning, hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. And as we gather on this Hope Sunday, we are emphasizing hope. As a matter of fact, I want to talk with you this morning about the fact that you can have good grief. You know, we hear uh, in the Peanuts cartoon, uh, Charlie says good grief over and over again. But, you know, gr grief can be good grief. And my message is entitled, Because of Hope, You Can Cope. If there's ever been a time when we needed to cope, I guess it's, it's 2020. Uh, the definition of, of cope is to be able to manage in a struggle. Coping is taking care of successfully something you're dealing with. I, I heard about a man who was advertising his 
copying machine for sale, and it was an old copying machine, but he thought maybe people would want to buy it, and so he advertised it for $100. But he had hundreds of calls about it because in the paper where it was advertised, there was one mistake, and it was called coping machine rather than copying machine. And so everybody was willing to spend $100 to get a coping machine. Well, we would all like to be able to cope. Here's how I spell cope, by the way. Confidently overcoming a powerful enemy. Confidently overcoming a powerful enemy. C-O-P-E. But we've had some powerful enemies that we've faced in 2020. Not just the COVID virus, but so many things that have created struggles for us. And everything is so different. Thanksgiving was different. Christmas going to be different. Everything is so different. And so on this Hope Sunday, I thought it would be good for us to look together at how we can cope because of hope. Psalm 42 is our text this morning, Psalm 42, verses 1 through 11. And if you open your Bible, you'll notice that it says that this is a maskil, M-A-S-K-I-L. What in the world is a maskil? Well, most scholars say that we just don't know what a maskil is. My Bible says it's a contemplation, uh, but it's obviously a musical term that was used back then that just meant this is, this is a song. This is a, a psalm that was written to be sung, and so we want to be able in our hearts to sing this song this morning. If you've turned there to Psalm 42, I'm going to ask you out of respect for God's Word to stand with me as we read the 11 verses of Psalm 42 this morning. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? When you're reading that, it might seem like the tears are saying that to us, you know, and sometimes tears do seem to speak to us. But really, I think uh, as we read on through the psalm, we'll find out these are the enemies that the psalmist is talking about that cry out, you know, the great enemy that we face is sin and death and Satan and the flesh And these are always enemies of God's people. And so it's like those enemies cry out, where is your God? Then verse 4, these things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I would go with the multitudes, with the throng, and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival, remembering back when we all gathered at church. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Then he goes on, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you, talking about remembering God, from the land of the Jordan and of Hermon and of Mount Mizar, 
deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfall. All of your breakers and your waves have gone over me. First he's thirsting like a deer and now he's getting flooded over. Things are just, he's drowning, thirsting and then drowning. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. So I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why, why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As the deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries, my, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all day long, and here's that expression, where is your God? And so once again, he cries out, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation, and my God. Would you bow with me, please, before you're seated? Father, we stand here with your word open. And I desire that our hearts would be open to hearing what you're saying. Help us to understand what the psalmist was saying and help us to have an idea of what you want us to hear today and then give us the courage to respond. Thank you that we can, because of hope, cope with anything we're having to deal with. Father, there may be some people here who have loved ones who are struggling because of either their health or something that might be related to the COVID virus or they've buried friends and loved ones. Or, Lord, there may be other things that people are going through, grief situations like the psalmist was. I pray that out of his story and out of his words of affirmation and on this particular Hope Sunday, we will declare hope because of Jesus Christ who lives. In his name we pray, amen. Thank you. you. You may be seated. When I was a little boy, my mom and I, my dad was in the military and oftentimes uh, stationed in other places in a way. Mom and I had a game that we would oftentimes play. We would go into town in Columbus, Georgia, where we were living. Dad was stationed at Fort Benning. And especially at Christmas time, when all the shoppers were around at Christmas, uh, we would sit down on a bench outside or inside one of the uh, big department stores and watch people go by and imagine what was going on in the life of those folks. It might be a senior adult couple, and they were kind of shuffling through uh, the store, and we were imagining that they were buying some things for their grandkids or that they were lonely maybe. They, and then we'd see a large family like the, the buckets to come in with their young children, and we would imagine how things were with them. We'd see a, a mom with some children and think maybe their husband was away in the military and their dad was uh, gone for a period. You know, we would just make up stories about them and tell each other stories. Well, I've, I've kind of continued that oftentimes in the Bible. And when you read Psalm 42, you might say, what? What's happening in this story? 
What's going on with this man who's, who's, who's writing? Well, in the first three verses, it seems like there's a, there's a clear understanding of, of what's uh, going on. This man is grieving. This man has uh, faced some, some hard times. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul is thirsty for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food. Day and night, while the enemies say to me all day long, where is your God? He has faced some tough times. And he is just thinking, what, what, what else can go wrong? I, I'm so thirsty for what once was, and I'm so thirsty for what could be, and my soul is longing for God. I think that's what is happening in this story. I'm wondering today, could this be the COVID-19 psalm? I think in a way it could be because there's so much in this psalm that makes us think of what's going on right now and makes us think of grief and what I'm calling today good grief. And I really believe there are the three R's of good grief. When, when can grief be good? And I think the psalmist gives us kind of the, the three R's of good uh, grief here in this psalm. And the first one is what I would say. The first R is remember. Remember when it wasn't like this. The psalmist does that in verse 4. He says, these things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I would go with the throng and lead in the procession to the house of God and with shouts of glad songs of praise, a multitude of keeping festival. He's remembering when it wasn't like this. Well, all of us can remember when it wasn't like this. We can remember when there wasn't all the restrictions. And we can remember, I had a, a funeral uh, Friday, and it was just so unlike any funerals I've had in these 50 years of pastoring and then now the years after that of helping out in, in other churches. It, it was just so unlike it. We, I, I stood there. We, we didn't go around and shake hands with the people at the graveside. We didn't hug each other in the times of grief. It's just, it's just so different. How, how it once was before all the restrictions came. And I think the psalmist here is not going through COVID-19, but he's going through some grief that causes him to remember when it wasn't like this. Wasn't it Dottie Rambo who wrote, Draw back the curtain of memory now and then. And show me where you've brought me from and where I might have been. You know, I think one way that we begin to hope is just to remember when it wasn't like this. Remember how God has blessed us through the years. I guess if there's any one thing that during this Thanksgiving and into Christmas season that all of us need to do is remember more on the goodness of God in our past and when it wasn't like this. So, that's the first R. The second R that I come to in Psalm 42 is to reflect. Not just remember on when it wasn't like this, but reflect on God during this. The psalmist thought back on how wonderful it was in those days when he was able to go with the big crowds into church and all the other activities of his life. But then he begins to reflect on God. 
I read this and I thought it's so powerful from A.W. Tozer. He said, what comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. What comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. And as we reflect on, on God, I think we reflect on those words by A.W. Tozer. Now, I'll just give them to you again. They're up on the screen there. What comes to your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. It is so important as we reflect on God during this time that's so different from anything we've known before that we think about, number one, we think about who God is during this because the psalmist certainly speaks about that in verses 6 and 7 uh, when he says, My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you. Remember God. From the land of the Jordan and Hermon and Mount Mizar, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and waves have gone over me. He's thinking about who God is during this time. He's, he's concentrating on God the creator, God the majestic designer, and God who has made the mountains. He mentions the big mountain Hermon and the small mountain Mizar. He mentions the waterfalls. He's, he's thinking about God and who God is as the one who is sovereign. He is Lord. He is in charge. The COVID-19 has not caught God by surprise. God is at work in the midst of this. He who spoke the universe into being is the one who is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if we reflect on him and think about him, and he comes to mind as the great creator but also, uh, not just what God is doing during this, but what God is continuing to do. Not just who he is, but what he's continuing to do. Because verse 8 is one of the great verses when the psalmist says, By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. The psalmist is reminding of what reminding not only of who God is during this, but what God is up to during this. And what he is up to, what he is doing is he is at work at night. He is at work in the daytime. God is working in our lives. And then the psalmist comes up to say, he is, I'm offering a prayer to the God of my life. I know many of you are like I am and one of the things you do in worshiping the Lord is you worship him by his names. You know, he is uh, Elohim, the creator God. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. You know, all these different names. Well, in recent years, I've come across a, a new name for the Lord that I had not known those years. I don't know how I missed it. And it's the name that's right here in this Psalm, verse 8, a prayer to the God of my life. The God of my life, the Bible calls him L-H-A-Y-Y-A-Y. L for God, and then H-A-Y-Y-A-Y for my life, the God of my life. Well, when I first read that, I think Tony Evans a few years ago was the one who kind of introduced me to that name of God. When I first saw it in print, I thought it's just like it looks. Hey, yay. 
H A Y Y A Y. Hey, hey, yeah. L, hey, yeah. Well, that seems like a good uh, name to call God. But that's not the way you'd pronounce it. It's L Haya. And that's not bad either, is it? Haya. You know, He is the God of my life. He is the, he is the one who, who stirs my, my life. El Haya, the Lord of my life. Uh, the psalmist is recognizing who God is during this. And what God is doing during this, El Haya. You know, it might be good to make a note somewhere and think about who God is and what he's doing in my life. El H-A-Y, Y-A-Y, El Haya. He is the God of everything going on in my life. There's not anything that's going to catch God by surprise. I love that little saying. It's not in the notes, not up on the screen, but uh, somebody has said, did it ever occur to you that nothing ever occurs to God? You know, God doesn't say, oops, I didn't see that coming. There's not ever a uh-oh up in heaven from the throne of God. God is sovereign over it all, and God is at work in it all, and he is El Hayah. He is, he is the God of our life, and what a great thing it is to believe in that. Well, there's a third R in the three R's of good grief, the three R's of how we can cope because of hope, and that is to respond in hope for after this. We can remember when it wasn't like this. We can reflect on God during this. And friends, we can respond in hope for after this. And that's where the psalmist repeats sort of the, uh, the refrain of this song. It's kind of the chorus of the song. It's in verse 5 and it's in verse 11. Verse 5, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation, my hope. I have praised him in the past. I shall praise him. He is my hope. And then verse 11, that, that refrain is there again. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet again praise him, my salvation, and my God. Here is hope, H-O-P-E. I love to spell it this way. In fact, I heard it years ago. Hanging on, praying expectantly. H-O-P-E, hope. But then I've, I've prayed it this way. Hallelujah, our problems end. H-O-P-E. Or how about this? Hallelujah, our promises endure. Hope. The psalmist is coming to a time of hope. He has been through all of this remembrance and all this reflection, and it brings him to respond in hope. Tim Keller has said that this, this self-communion is a vital spiritual discipline. What's he talking about? He's talking about the psalmist saying, why are you cast down, my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? The psalmist is talking to himself. You know, I want to tell you this this morning. No one has ever lied to you as much as you yourself. No one has ever lied to you 
as much as you yourself. Now, maybe politicians would be a uh, close second, and the media might be a close second, and uh, things that we hear in the news and all that, that might, but you yourself, that's the main one who has lied to you. And so the psalmist is saying this, myself has been speaking to me, and I'm saying, why are you discouraged, and why are you down, and why are you out, oh, my soul? And so I would say to you, since no one has lied to you as much as you yourself, talk to yourself instead of letting yourself talk to you. You know, sometimes you'll stand in front of the mirror and yourself will say to you, oh, you're homely, you're old, you're ugly, you're this, you're that, the other. Don't let yourself talk to you that way. Because you see, if you do, yourself will lie you into discouragement and despair. Instead, be like the psalmist and talk to yourself and say, self, here's the way it is. Why are you, why are you giving up? Why are you cast down? Why all this turmoil within you? Hope in God. A few years ago, Jolene and I visited with a Furman friend. We uh, both went, we met at college in Furman. And uh, our friend John Platt, his wife had just passed away with cancer. And then he had been diagnosed with cancer before she died. So the two of them were dealing with terminal cancer. Hers had ended and his was to end fairly soon. And John said, my wife and I during that time came up with, with kind of some what we call the high five. Five H's that we, uh, that we used to, to get us through that time of, of darkness. And here were the five H's he, he used. He said, we, we, we prayed for and asked God for help from our family and friends. For humor as we go through this. For healing in our Lord in the way he would, he would do it. For health care, whatever that would mean. And first of all on his list for hope, H-O-P-E. wonder if I'm talking with anyone who's just about given up hope. wonder if the things you've had to deal with and things that you've had to face have caused you to wonder if there is any hope. Then I'm here this morning. Came down from Columbia, Tennessee this morning to tell you that our hope is in Jesus Christ. I say the words that I began with from our granddaughter. Hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. And what we're celebrating as we begin this season of Christmas is that our hope is in him, that we cannot any longer just be talking to ourselves and getting discouraged, but we must talk to ourselves and have hope. You know, we... Um, we preachers often say to congregation, share Christ with others. And that's a good word. But I think we also need to add and share Christ with yourself. With yourself. As you're talking to yourself, remind yourself who you are in Christ Jesus. Remind yourself who Jesus is in this world today. 
Remind yourself how much Christ Jesus has done for us and therefore how much he's going to do for us. Years ago, I remember the um, youngest man who was the secretary general of the United Nations, and his name was Dag Hammershaw. I remember that name. I, I, don't, I don't know why that name came to my mind. I guess that Swedish uh, name, it had a, a J and a K and a D and an L in it. I mean, it had lots of let, letters uh, in it, Dag Hammershaw. Dag uh, had a number of quotes that were good quotes, but there was one I jotted down and had in, in some notes, and I came across it for this message, and I said, that's, that's a good word to conclude. Dag Hammershaw said, for all that has been, thanks. For all that will be, yes. For all that has been, thanks. For all that will be, yes. In other words, we have hope because of Christ Jesus. I have a book in my library called Christ and the Fine Arts. It's, a, it's the story of the gospel, and it uses as illustrations fine paintings and sculpture work that people have done to try to imagine the story of Jesus. There's one of those that I turn to every once in a while, and I'll open that big book, and I'll see this picture of these obviously disciples of Jesus, and they're standing around like this. They are moping, and their facial expressions are down, and they are distressed and discouraged. And the name of the painting is Holy Saturday, H-O-L-Y, Saturday. It's the day between Good Friday and Resurrection Day, Holy Saturday. The disciples were distressed and discouraged and despondent and dismayed. They had seen their Lord, their Master, their Teacher, their Savior dying on the cross. And they saw him as he was taken down from the cross and then buried. And it was that Saturday between. But then somebody said, Sunday's coming. And what they were not aware of, even though Jesus had told them and told them and told them, was that on that next day, he was going to rise from the grave, triumphant over death and triumphant over Satan and triumphant over the sins of the world. He was now the Savior and Lord living forevermore. And I think sometimes we're kind of living in the holy Saturdays of our lives. And it's easy to be down and distressed and discouraged and kind of in agony. What in the world is going to happen? And uh, it seems like there's a, here's another new outbreak that we hear about. And, and schools are on some kind of different schedule and churches are in a different schedule. And we're just wondering what's going to happen. But Sunday's coming. Our Lord Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, and here we are today celebrating a risen Savior. We have hope because of the Lord Jesus Christ and his death and his resurrection. So, I'm here this morning peddling hope. I'm here today dealing with hope that you and I can hope in Christ Jesus. Hope is not lost. Things are not ending. It's not, well, they may be, 
Jesus may be getting ready to wrap it up. And if he is, come quickly, Lord Jesus. But right now, he's allowing us to live in this setting, in this situation. And as we do so, I say, let's hope in Christ Jesus. So, men and ladies, in the midst of it all, because of hope, you and I can cope. Whatever it is that you might be facing right now, whatever health situation, whatever uh, financial matter because of job changes, whatever happening, might be happening in the family, in your relationships, in friends, because of hope, you and I can cope. And coping doesn't just mean trying to muddle through, trying to get along. Every now and then you'll see somebody, you'll meet them and say, how you doing? Well, I'm just doing the best I can. I'm just trying to get by. Well, I checked the obituaries this morning. My name wasn't in there, so I guess I'm doing okay. Uh, had a friend of mine years ago who was one of those glasses, half-empty persons, and I said to her one day, Esther, isn't it a beautiful day? She said, yeah, preacher, but it's raining somewhere. Well, you know, there, there are folks, they're just kind of that way. They're just always looking on the dark side. Well, I'm here to say today, hey, we can cope because hope is in Jesus Christ. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. Say it with me. Jesus. Let's say it together. Jesus. Let's say his name together. Jesus. Hope has a name. And there is a name I love to hear, love to sing its worth. It sounds like music in my ear, the sweetest name on earth. On this Hope Sunday, you and I can cope because of hope in Jesus. Would you bow with me, please, as we pray together? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed this moment. I don't know your situation today. Haven't lived in Decatur in a number of years. My perspective is now family that are here living in Decatur. But I know people. I know hearts. I know what so many have faced. And I know that there are many of us today who need to let the psalmist teach us the three R's of good grief. That we remember when it wasn't like this. That ref we reflect on God during this. And we respond in hope for after this. It's going to end this current situation. There is a time that Christ Jesus is coming back to this earth. And if his coming is delayed, he is, has a work that you and I are to do here on this earth, in this life, in this current situation. And I believe you and I need to be peddlers of hope. That you and I need to pass on the hope that is in Jesus Christ, that is in us. Maybe today you're here in the house or you're watching online. Maybe today you are hearing these words, but maybe you're still feeling hopeless. 
Would you let me point you to Jesus Christ, our hope? Would you, would you let me say to you, there is hope for your marriage. There is hope for your finances. There is hope for your health situation. There is hope for your future. And his name is Jesus. He came. He loved. He died on a cross. And conquering sin and death and hell and Satan and the flesh, he rose again from the dead and he's alive evermore. And here, right where you are, ready to change your life today. You can put your faith in him. You can put your trust in him. You can put your hope in him. If you've never before today admitted your sins to God and believed in Christ Jesus who died for you on the cross and confessed Christ as your Savior, I invite you to do that today. The Bible teaches us that Jesus who died on the cross said these words, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. He's talking about the door of your life. And if you open that door to him and receive Christ by faith, you can be born into God's forever family and have that hope that is in him. Father, today I pray for all those who are viewing, listening, here in the house, that as we absorb the truth of Psalm 42, that in a new, fresh way, we will hope in God. Father, I pray for anyone who's struggling with their sins or with their life, with their salvation, with assurance of salvation. I pray today that hope will be a reality in their lives. Thank you for this Hope Sunday and the Sundays that will follow. And I pray that you will increase our faith, our love, and our hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for listening to this message. I pray that God would accomplish his purpose in you through the preaching, hearing, receiving, and believing of his word. If you wish to share any comments or questions about the message you have heard, please call Southside at 256-353-8814 or visit us on the web at southsidebaptist.net. Also, make sure to subscribe or follow this podcast to receive a new message each week.